This is episode 64 of the Next Year Now podcast. Hi, I'm Marie Clark, professional speaker, marketing strategy consultant, and author of Entrepreneurial You. If you want to learn the habits that will help you transform your career and life, then you need to start listening the Next Year Now podcast with my friend, Tom Hafner. And I find that the greatest thing that, that parents can do for their children is you dedicate your life to investing in that being a great spouse to one another is something that no money can buy when it comes to giving something to our children that will really last. Welcome to the Next Year Now podcast with Tom Hefner. Tom believes that if you really want to thrive at work and in life, then every day, purposeful habits and practices are vital. The Next Year Now podcast will not only help you identify and integrate these habits into your daily life, but also bring you key insights and lessons from some of the most successful people in their fields. And here is your host, Tom Hefner. Hello and welcome to the podcast devoted to helping you thrive at work and in life. The topic of habits and practices is always front and center in our discussion, but we also explore how we use these habits and practices to improve our personal development, productivity, creativity, health and well-being, business and entrepreneurship. I am so excited to speak with today's guest, Yosef Len, and that's because Yosef and his co-author, Todd Jacobs, have just released their book, Not a Partnership, This is Happening Today. It's a book all about marriage and relationships and discusses what we keep getting wrong about marriage, and more importantly, how to get it right. If you've ever struggled with your marriage, if you've ever struggled with a relationship, or maybe you just want to build the strongest marriage you possibly can, then you don't want to miss today's episode. I promise this will be the best investment of time. This will be the best thing you listen to today, heck, all year. In our conversation, I'll be asking Yosef to discuss the number one success factor for any relationship, the four pillars of a successful marriage, what people get wrong when they think about what marriage is, and just as importantly, what it is not, book recommendations to help your marriage to grow and thrive, and so much more. One of the most important elements of a successful marriage or relationship is good communication and good teamwork. That's true for our personal lives, but it's also true for our working life. So if you want to learn how you can communicate and collaborate better with other people, then pay close attention to today's sponsor. That's because Tom Hefner Enterprises Innovation Training is sponsoring this week's episode. What makes Tom Hefner's innovation training so effective is that I teach you how to accelerate your ability to innovate. But... I also teach you concrete methods, concrete ways to communicate and collaborate way more effectively than you ever have before with other people. Hands down, this is one of the best skills you can develop because anything great that was ever achieved was probably achieved, was most likely achieved by working with other people, and in some cases, even your spouse. If you want to learn more, then go to TomHefner.com work. You can read all about the innovation training and consulting work I do over there. Don't take my word for it, though. Check out my testimonials and client list. I work with leading companies like Accenture, Porsche Car, Starbucks, just to name a few. 
Yosef Lin has a master's in applied positive psychology from the University of Pennsylvania and lectures at Toro College in Jerusalem. He's also the founder and director of the Greatness Within Seminars, where he helps empower individuals and organizations through the application of positive psychology. An accomplished athlete and Ironman finisher, Yosef was captain of the U.S. World Duathlon team. Sneaky good athlete over there, uh, Yosef. I didn't know that about you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, currently, Yosef serves as the Dean of Students at the David Robinson Institute for Jewish Heritage, and he's finishing his FISD in Human and Organizational Psychology. Yosef, thank you for being here today, and welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you so much, Tom. It's great to be here. One of the most important pieces of our lives is our relationship with family, and in particular, the relationship we have with our spouse. You know, if we're lucky, we'll spend the rest of our life with this person. So I think it's worth finding out the best ways possible to make the strongest, the most loving and kind marriage. And that's why I'm so excited to have my friend Yosef join us today. I know that's what you're excited to learn about too. So let's just jump right into this. Yosef, you serve as the Dean of Students at the David Robinson Institute, which seems like something different than marriage counseling. Maybe, maybe not. But what led you and your co-author, Todd Jacobs, to write this wonderful marriage book, Not a Partnership? So I'll tell you like this. For the past 14 years since our institution has been open, we've been working with our students each year, a total about now about 250 students. And what we really focus on with our students is not only helping them get ready for marriage, but even more than that, we help them a lot during the initial stages of their marriages. And what we found over the years was something quite fascinating. It's amazing. You start off your question by saying marriage is so important. And, you know, when you hear people talk about their priorities, oftentimes they'll say, my number one priority is my marriage, or my number one priority is my family. But especially when it comes to marriages, it's such an important thing and it's something that we, you know, so many people strive for. But what we found is that so many people really don't really, in many ways, two things. They, number one, they don't really know what a marriage is. I mean, what's the definition of a marriage? Mm -hmm. What is a marriage supposed to be? And number two, which is how is a marriage supposed to work? <laughs> and so what we found was that here it is, you know, everyone's talking about marriage and, you know, people are dreaming of marriage and people are searching for that person to be married to. But, whoa, there's some fundamental points of information that we just found that are, you know, such crucial points for people to know. And therefore, what we saw was that over the years, these two points are the very points that we have been focusing on with our students. And therefore, we finally got to a point where we said, it's time to share these with the broader world. Mm. It's funny that you say that because I think back about when I was getting married, and it's not like somebody, and maybe, you know, maybe somebody should have, but it's not like somebody gives you a book and says, okay, here's marriage 101, here's all the things you should do. You, you more or less just look at what your parents did. And so if your parents did a good job, then hopefully that learn by you know doing and learn by demonstration kind of imbues into you through osmosis, but a lot of times people don't necessarily have a good example 
or for whatever reason, maybe their parents divorced or, or maybe it just wasn't a, a good marriage. So it's funny that we go into one of the most important bonds in, in our life without any real training for it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fascinating concept. You, know, you see that so many things that we pursue in our professional lives, there's such a rigorous kind of training process that we go through in order to be able to get to the end goal. Well, if this area of our life is so important to us, so we also need to have clarity as far as what this whole thing should look like. I wonder if there's maybe a stigma attached to it, you know, because, or, or maybe you could destigmatize it and, and say that, look, everybody should be doing some sort of marriage training before and during, because I think people think of marriage counseling, which you could do as a, as a, as a couple, you know, getting ready to get married and say, look, we want to do some marriage counseling before we get married to, to strengthen our bond, to strengthen our relationship. But people might view that as something, oh, that's like oh, only people with a bad relationship do. And maybe that's why they don't do it. It, it just seems like it, I'll just say from my own personal anecdotal experience, like that didn't seem like an option or, or something that we should have pursued when we were getting married. Now, thankfully, my wife is amazing and we, you know, we have a great marriage. But, <laughs> but boy, that I mean... I'm sure that we could have benefited from having some sort of marriage training and, and maybe avoided some of the challenges that we've had in our marriage. You know what I mean? Which is normal for, you know, most couples. Couples go through things which are ups and downs. That's part of a marriage. I also think you can add on to that is that sometimes there are things in this world that are just so obvious, like, of course, I'm going to get married. Of course, I'm going to start our family. And because we hold them to be such obvious things in life, that we almost kind of feel that because it's so obvious, we don't need any more information about it. Mm. That's a good point. Well, let, let's pivot here a little bit and, and kind of start with the beginning. In your book, you kind of, you go back to the beginning and you talk about what marriage is. And I think that's pretty unique in the world of, of marital counseling and books. A lot of it's focused on kind of the, the counseling aspect of it um, for, for good reason. But maybe I'm old fashioned, but I, but I like that you did that. So Yosef, can you share more about what marriage is, kind of like you, you were just talking about, the, the definition, and just as importantly, what it is not? So let me start by what marriage is. Marriage is this deep commitment to always be there for the other person, a deep commitment to invest in the other person, and a deep commitment to invest in the success of someone else. And that, in a nutshell, is what marriage is. What marriage is not is basically me looking for someone who could help me go after the pursuits that I want to accomplish in life. Someone who can satisfy the desires that I have, whether they are desires for right now or desires for the future. You know, the reason why we titled the book Not a Partnership is because so many times the partnership is I want to accomplish something and therefore I can't do it by myself and therefore I need someone else in order to get to that goal. And that is basically the opposite of how a healthy marriage can be built and even more than be built, how it can really last and thrive over time. And Yosef, I want to, because I think it makes sense here based on what you're, you're saying to me, uh, I want to pivot to what I think are one of the foundational elements of your view of marriage and in this book. And this is where you talk about giving in a marriage. And so what I would tell you, what I tell everybody else, if, if you're struggling with your marriage or, or maybe it's not as good as it once was, then I want you to pay close attention 
to this next question for Yosef. So if you're working out, take a break. If you're cooking in the kitchen, turn off the boiling water. Just, just pay attention to this. Yosef, I think so many people go into marriage with that partnership view, right? That, that backwards view of like, well, look, they should be doing this for me. They should be doing that for me. And I really like your idea around giving. So tell us why giving is so important and how many of us have that aspect wrong. So let me try and give you a different paradigm. The normal way of how we think about love is we think that, you know, we love certain people and therefore then I give to them. And really the way that love works is the exact opposite. And really how it works is that the way you come to love someone is by investing and giving to them. And then the outcome of that is love. And the greatest way to invest in someone, the greatest way to build someone, is via giving. And giving is the fuel for marriage. Just like your car can't work without gas, a marriage cannot work, a healthy marriage, without giving being the fuel that drives that marriage. And if you're looking for the, besides the definition of what a marriage is, if you're looking for the instruction manual of how a marriage actually works and functions, and this is really important, how a marriage gets better with time, giving is the source of that. And the bottom line is basically that if you want to increase love in your marriage, if you want to get closer to your spouse, if you want your marriage to thrive over time, what you have to ask yourself is how much am I going out of my way to proactively give to my spouse? And that question is going to be the answer to everything you're looking to accomplish in your marriage. And I think the mistake that, that we make, that all of us make at, at some point or other, and, is that people constantly look at it the, the other way, which is like, when they love me, when they do this for me, then I will give them love. And that's like, when you think about right. that, that's crazy. And I see that all the time. I mean, I listen, I'm guilty of it just as, as much as anybody else uh, of having made that same mistake. Um, but if you think about Both that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it, you know, that happens. But think about that for just a moment. What that basically means is you're giving conditional love. And I tell people, I'm like, well, look, if I applied that same philosophy to my kids and said, okay, if my kids, if they do this, then I will love them. That would be horrible, right? Like that would make me a terrible parent. And so, and I and I've never done that. But I've made but I've made that mistake with my wife. You know, maybe not in the literal sense, but you know, in, in a in a practical sense. And so, that's why I love the way that you frame that so much because I think it, it's just it's so key. It's it it's, gets at this idea of giving and unconditional love and what unconditional love really means. And 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 and, you know, and I think that it's it's definitely a paradigm shift. But we just see that when you all of a sudden you make that shift and you begin to integrate that into your marriage, regardless of what your spouse is giving to you, it can be a total game changer. Mm. Well, let's dive deeper on this idea of giving because you have created, you have defined what you call the four pillars of giving. What are they? And maybe unpack each one with some practical habits that we can start cultivating right now if we're not already? So these are, these are basically, so where the book goes into 
is not just the you know the theoretical part of number one, what is a marriage, and number two, what's the gasoline for a marriage, but we go into a very practical part, which is let's talk about giving. And basically, we have these four pillars, and the foundation of all of them, the common denominator, is all built around giving. And all of these are fueled by the world of positive psychology in a very strong way. And they all take a lot of work and effort, which is something, you know, that we don't necessarily always associate when it comes to the idea of marriage. We sometimes think that if it requires work and effort, that means things aren't going so well. But to go into these four pillars, the four pillars are, number one, the idea of keeping your marriage fresh. A lot of times what happens, especially in new marriages, that there's an initial stage of where things are amazing and things are great, and then we get used to things. And like anything in our life, anything that we've had for a period of time, so the newness of it and the freshness of it begins to shift, and obviously that changes our feeling for it. And therefore, for couples to go out of their way to continue to make their marriage fresh can be an amazing thing. Some of the practical tools are couples going out of their way to make sure that they have a date night once a week. And that's a part of their schedule. That's a part of how they see their priorities over the week. But they make, make sure that they figure out how to have a date night. We speak about couples trying to find ways of how to find mini vacations. A lot of people think that they need to get away with their spouse and it's hard because of time, it's hard because of money, which are all true. But, you know, with many of our students, we'll give them the advice of go away for the night, go away for 12 hours, find a cheap room on some sort of, you know, website, go away for the evening, have a beautiful evening together, both of you go back to work the next morning, finding ways of how to put mini vacations into your life, that produces a lot of freshness. And even just a little bit of a continuation, even people just making an effort as far as their appearance. You know, I know when my wife and I were first dating, you know, I went so out of my way to make sure that I looked a certain way, smelled a certain way, <laughs> you know, everything was set up with such an effort. And all of a sudden, you spend so much time together and you get married and years go on. Like, what happened to the effort that I used to make? <laughs> so the idea of making something fresh is something that you're a person to continually try and work at doing. But what we've seen is that with a lot of effort, that these things can have a tremendous impact on the marriage. The, the second pillar and the second idea is really gratitude. And a lot of times we think that, you know, the people that we're so close to, of course they know we love them. Of course they know that we appreciate them. And what is found in a lot of marriages is that although both spouses may feel that, well, of course my spouse knows how much I love them and how much I appreciate them, there's not enough of that expression. We have found is that couples that go out of their way to express gratitude to each other, not in lofty ways of, you know, you're so amazing because you're there for me in my life. I'm talking about things they're grateful for as far as things that were done for you, things that the other person went out of their way to do, can have a tremendous impact. A person sends flowers to their spouse on a Tuesday morning, it can be a total game changer. Mm. A, you know, a person sends flowers, you know, sends a, 
you know, a gift from Amazon to his or her office, you know, on a Thursday afternoon, just with a small token of appreciation for doing X, Y, or Z, it could be a major game changer. And therefore, the idea of bringing gratitude into your life in a real way can have tremendous benefits to making the marriage really feel alive. The third thing, and the third pillar here really, is this idea of respect. And, you know, I see, you know, I see for myself, I see in my professional life, you know, all, all of my colleagues I encounter throughout the day, I'm very respectful and I speak to them a certain way and my tone is a certain way and mm-hmm. I'm patient and there's a level of respect with people that I give around me. But sometimes what can happen is that we're a certain way in our public lives, but not in our private lives. Yep. And a person going out of their way to increase that respect in their private lives can have a tremendous impact on how spouses begin to interact with each other. It can really be a major game changer. Why is it that, you know, you just touched on something I think is really interesting, which is you gave the example of, you know, our, our work life and how we interact with our, our, our work colleagues. But then, you know, we, we may act differently with in, in, in private with our family. And I wonder why that is, because I've certainly experienced that. I'm just kind of curious what your take is and why is it that we go out of our way to be you know, very respectful to the people at work and then sometimes we may forget about that when we're dealing with our, you know, our, our, our spouses or our other family members. So I think there are many reasons, but I think one of the main thing is that you know, in our professional lives, there are ramifications to our actions. I go to my boss and I don't speak in a respectful way, like, whoa, there are serious consequences right away. Mm. And we don't necessarily experience those consequences in our private lives. But unfortunately, over time, we can see massive ramifications and massive consequences of not doing things properly. So I think that kind of that instant impact of what can happen if I'm not respectful in my public life, we don't necessarily see it in our private lives, and therefore we drop our guard tremendously. Mm. Makes sense. The fourth pillar here is I think that, you know, it's a bit of a, it's a bit out of the box, but I think it's one of the most beautiful ways of giving. And it's really about, it all depends upon me. Meaning, put the ball in your court. Imagine in my marriage, if I said, listen, there are issues here in the marriage that we have to work on. But you know what? Yosef Lynn has issues that he has to work on in his personal life. And I know those impact my marriage. What if I said, forget dealing with the marriage issues, forget me trying to fix my wife, and I just focus on the issues that I bring to the table. And when we find that sometimes with couples, by separating them and just having them focus on the issues that they bring to a table, it's amazing to see how fast things shift in a marriage. And really, this is all about really that if a person sees it, that I can have a huge impact on my marriage in a positive way, regardless of dealing with the couple issues, regardless of my spouse dealing with her issues, then that can be one of the most, the unexpected impact is really amazing to see as far as what happens. So those are kind of, those are are brief kind of summary of some of the small takeaways of the four pillars. But again, all four of these pillars are really built around the idea of just different 
aspects of giving and how those aspects can come alive in your marriage. Yosef, um, let's talk about, uh, I, I want, maybe those, those four pillars of giving might relate to my next question. I want to talk about some, what I'll say, hot button issues in marriage. So if you read a book on marriage, if you search articles on the internet, you talk to your friends, scroll through social media, whatever, you're likely to find some, I think, common but probably important hot button issues. So I'm talking about things like sex, money, and kids. What advice do you have for people struggling in any of these areas in their marriage, which seem to be like really, really difficult areas for people and in relationships? So I guess let me focus on two of those. When we speak about sex, you know, the way I like to refer to it is intimacy. The way that everything works, like when we were speaking about before, is that when you get used to something, then you're no longer so excited by it and you're no longer so into it. And, you know, in the world of intimacy, the only way of how a person can make it that their intimate life with their spouse gets stronger and stronger as time goes on is by them investing in it. And it takes work to make a great intimate life. It takes work for your intimate life to be thriving in your marriage. And as a couple is married longer, it takes even more work. If I'm looking at intimacy as a passive experience is, do I, am I excited or am I not? Like anything in this world, after you have something for a period of time, excitement fades. <laughs> and if we're going to go, if we're going to go with, 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 with intimacy, with that model, so you're going to have people all over the world extremely frustrated very fast. If I look at intimacy well, in a different way of, wow, I can build intimacy. Wow, I can create intimacy. Wow, I can make intimacy that much stronger by investing in it, by giving to it, by going out of my way to make it happen, all of a sudden things can change drastically. And you can have couples as their marriage goes on and they, and they get older together, all of a sudden you can have it as their intimate life actually gets stronger. Mm. Just to kind of, you know, I guess pivot a little bit, you know, you mentioned the idea of kids, and, and this may seem also a little bit out of the box, but we've seen in just all of our experience that I think the greatest way to give to kids is when there's an over, when, when, there, when there's a overflow of a great marriage in the home, what that can do for children is something which is truly magical. And I always find that if there's an option of investing in your marriage or investing in your kids, investing, invest in your marriage and that overflow from your great marriage, from you and your wife working hard to build an amazing life together, that will store to your kids in so many awesome ways. And sometimes people focus so much on their children without investing in their marriages, so even though the kids may technically get what they want, so many of the, so many of the more important things the kids may actually miss. And I find that the greatest thing that, that parents can do for their children is you dedicate your life to investing into being a great spouse to one another. It's something that no money can buy when it comes to giving something to our children that will really last. Well, it's an interesting thing too because people often think, well, I, I, tell, you know, I tell my kids about this is what it means to be a good person or I tell my kids about you know, the values that we, that we value. And to a certain extent, that, that's important. But what I've found anecdotally, and I think the research suggests this as well, is like, it's not do as I say, right? I mean, you have to model good behavior 
in the home. You have to, if you want to be, if you want them to be kind, if you want them to be respectful, then you have to be kind and respectful. And I would say that extends to your marriage, right? If you, if you want to show, if I want to show my sons uh, what it means to be a good husband to my wife, then I need to show them how I'm kind to my wife, how I'm respectful to what you said, how I'm investing in her and in our marriage. And when they see that, when they see you demonstrating that versus just saying that, then I think that's really, really powerful because it's not do as I say, it's do as I do. Right. It, you know, baby, I always tell my students, I say, if you find yourself explaining to your wife or to your children about, you know, what's important to life or what's important in life or how you should act or how you should treat people, it's usually probably a sign that you're not doing it and just think about it a lot. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. If Fair you're enough. actually living that way and doing those things, you wouldn't have to speak about it too much because the kids are absorbing it nonstop. That, that's a fair point. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I can see how the foundation of, of giving and the pillars of giving can create this strong and lasting marriage. But what about married couples that have been struggling through a miserable marriage or just a really challenging marriage for a while? Like, is it possible for them to bounce back from that dark place? So uh, let me let, let me give uh, basically, uh, you know, an introduction to that topic. You know, I don't want to just be some naive person of, you know, just read this book and uh, there's an amazing world of therapy, which many couples need and will benefit from tremendously. There's also reality that some marriages can't work. But to answer your question a different way, you know, I find that there's so many marriages out there that, number one, have a wrong understanding of what marriage is, and number two, have a lack of any understanding as far as how to build a great marriage. And we have found, even with marriages where they're in some sort of downward spiral, even over a long period of time, that focusing on what we're discussing in this book can actually really tremendously help. And when you give a couple not only a new paradigm of what marriage should look like, but you give them an instruction manual of how it should work, we've seen that really couples can really pull themselves in a totally different direction, even couples that have been married for a long period of time. Okay, awesome. Yosef, you know, we're, we're coming towards the, getting to the, the last segment of the show here. Uh, if we remember only one thing from this interview, what do you want it to be? What's the, the most important thing that we can do to build a strong and healthy relationship? I, I think like this. I, I think that I must have said this like about 10,000 times <laughs> in my teaching career. <laughs> I think that people make a mistake and they think great marriages happen. Two great people show up together and they decide to get married. And the expectation is it should be great. And great marriages are built. And when people look at it that way, that there's a proactive investment of building a great marriage. I'm going to work hard to build a great marriage. That's a totally different ballgame. And I think that if people can begin to make that shift in their head, that this is something that I have to go out of my way to make happen, I think that can really be a fundamental tool that can give people really something awesome that can change their marriage. Love it. Yosef, before I move on to this last segment, is there anything else from the book that I haven't covered that you want us to know? Something that you said, hey, look, you asked me about these things, but you haven't asked me about this, and this is really important. 
So I, I guess I guess there's one last thing here, I, I think, which is which is really important to me is that there are a lot of great marriage books out there that I love, that I've read, that have been helpful to me, and our book is not here to negate those books or to compete with them. I think those books, I give those books to my students all the time. Some of the classic marriage books out there that have sold millions and millions of copies, and they are amazing. But I think that what our book is basically a step before all those books. And it really gives the context in which all those books kind of fit in. Mm. So I think that's an important thing. I, I, that was something that was very inspiring for me to write this book. I didn't want to come and challenge those other marriage books or say, you don't need those books. I, I have so many of those marriage books that are just so awesome. They give such great tools. But I really think that this book, what's really different, is this is a book before all of those books. So I think that's a, it's one thing I really want to let people know is that idea. And I think that when you look at our book that way, it can actually be a very helpful tool for you to have when you go on and you actually read all those other books. Well, and I think it... It goes to the point that you made earlier that marriage is work, right? It's it's hard work. It's good work. It's but it's good hard work. And so, one book to rule them all, you know, to to or or one tool <laughs> to, to to solve every problem is is probably unrealistic. And so, I love the idea that it's uh, in some ways another tool in your in your you know your toolkit. Right. Well, look, it's, uh, it's time for one of my favorite parts of the show, and this is where we talk about what I think is one of the best habits we can cultivate, and that's the habit of reading. Yosef, I want you to think about the books you've really enjoyed over the years, and maybe that's some of those, those marriage books you just referenced, or maybe it's ones that you remember when somebody always asks for a book recommendation. What are the two or three books that stand out for you? So uh, I'll pick maybe one marriage and one semi-non-marriage. How about that? <laughs> that sounds good. We'll split the difference. <laughs> so I think that one of the marriage books I think is really great that I just find myself giving out over and over is The Five Love, Five Love Languages Okay. by Gary Chapman. And I really find that this book is really amazing as far as helping people just understand their spouses in a totally different way. And we have this expectation that everyone can be similar to me and how I see the world and my sensitivities. And the reality is that's totally wrong. <laughs> and this book I really found has been just such an amazing practical tool for couples. And I just, I, I, you know, I, I, I can't remember the last marriage that I interacted with where I didn't recommend this book. So as far as the marriage book, I think that is like on the top of my list that is just, I think, awesome is that book. Um, as far as the kind of semi-non-marriage book, I think it's a great book, and I think it probably fits with many things that you do in your work, Tom. But uh, there's a book called Well-Being by Tom Rath. Yeah. And that book, I find, is a real game changer. And he basically discusses that there are five basic kind of areas of well-being in our life. And, you know, these kind of, it goes through kind of five fundamental areas of well-being, whether it's physical well-being, financial well-being. And what I find is that, you know, if a person isn't healthy and health has a variety of different definitions, mm -hmm. then you don't even get to the starting block of life. You can't even accomplish the goals or build what you want to build if you're not a healthy human being. And I think what Tom does in his book is basically sets a clear bar as far as what does well-being look like 
and he helps you kind of find areas of well, you know, it helps you improve on areas of well-being in your life that you may be lacking. So I think that's a book that I find that I also have been looking at myself over the years, and I give out to people nonstop. So I guess <laughs> my my two books would be those two books. Love it. Love those books. I haven't, I've read the well-being. I haven't read the five languages of love, although uh, it's on my reading list to pick up. Uh, Cause I, like you, I've, I've, <laughs> like you, I've heard uh, many good things about it and I've had friends that have, uh, uh, have read it for, uh, for, you know, to help their marriage or to strengthen their marriage. And I, I, I can totally see that right. uh, to help strengthen uh, my marriage. So what are you working on now that really excites you? And, and maybe this is related to, you know, the book launch and, and maybe a book tour or, or, or maybe not. I don't know. What, what, what are you working on now that really excites you? So, you know, I, I think that right now is, you know, we're talking about it. You know, right now this book is interesting is that I have found myself becoming so much more excited now that I'm actually speaking about the book and we're getting the book out there because I find these ideas can be just so helpful to people. So really, you know, it's one thing writing the book, but now that I see the book getting out there and we're getting ready to launch, that's really consuming all of my energy. It's building a tremendous amount of excitement, not just because we finished the project, but starting to see how this project can really impact other people has really given me a lot of energy. Nice. You guys should, uh, you and Todd should have some, it would be kind of cool to have maybe like a practical seminar or training to go along with your book for interested married couples. I think that'd be kind of cool. There you go. There you go. We've actually been over the years. Over the years, we've actually been teaching a lot of these things separately before we kind of all put into a book. So, oh, well, so you're already so ahead of the game, man. <laughs> that's, not, that's not a bad idea, though. <laughs> well, Yosef, that's all I have. Thank you so much for being here today. I think this has been a really, really wonderful conversation, and so many of us, uh, married or not, or, or soon to be married or want to be married, are going to benefit from uh, what you've shared. And if you listen to this episode and you loved it like I did, I want you to go out and, and buy Yosef's book because I think it's really going to make a difference in your marriage or in your relationship. Wow, Tom, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, keep up all your amazing work. It's really uh, amazing to see what you're doing. And this should really only continue in a marvelous way. So thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of it. Uh, it's been a real privilege. Oh, thank you so much, Joseph. This is just a reminder that today's episode was sponsored by Tom Hefner Enterprises Innovation Training. If you're interested in improving your ability to communicate and collaborate, then be sure to check out this innovation training program. Just head over to tomhefner.com slash work to connect and learn more. You can connect with Yosef online through his website, www.notapartnership.com and on Facebook at facebook.com slash not a partnership. All the links and resources Yosef and I discussed can be found at the page created just for this episode. You'll find it all at nextyearnowpodcast.com slash six four. And finally, just a reminder, if you like the show and enjoy learning from our guests each week, please consider giving us a rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us stay relevant and findable by listeners like you. That's it for today. I'll see you next time.